Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, my guest today is a multifaceted professional. She's a journalist, a stand-up comic, a TV host, a podcast host right here on C-Suite Radio, by the way, an actor and motivational speaker, among many other things. To say she's a busy woman would be an understatement. Rolanda Watts has won an Emmy, a Cable Ace Award, and has received the highly coveted Rising Star and Editor Choice Awards, as well as the B.B. Moore Campbell Award for Excellence in Storytelling from the National Book Club conference. And of course, right here on this episode, we get into all kinds of topics about how to reinvent yourself all the way to you need to stand up and do something about what's going on in this country uh, regards to racism and a whole bunch more. This is going to be a jam-packed interview. Welcome, Rolanda, to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. It is a joy to join you this morning. Thank you so much. (laughs) You know, we always have fun together. Always. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, it, what we went. We must have known each other in another life. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's that way with people, isn't it? Sometimes, Rolanda, where, where you just meet them and all, the chemistry is so good and so wonderful. And, and it's deep. I mean, with you and I, it's deep. I, at least I feel that way. And I, I know you do, too. But but it's just deep. Like the first time I met you, it was just like it was like the magic was there. And it was like crazy. Yeah. You know what? It was your cowboy boots. Yeah, it was bow legs and cowboy, but my dad always wore cowboy boots. My first pair of shoes, Jeffrey, were a pair of cowboy boots. And my father and I used to collect them and compete. I think I got to 14 pair. And I said, anybody who can own boots like my dad, that's a cool. That's cool. That's cool. Your dad's a special guy. I know you you had another anniversary with your dad. I saw it in your Facebook page, right? Today is my dad. My dad is in heaven, but today is would is my parents would have been married, I think, sixty-six years today had he had he lived. But yeah, very, very special man. And and I think what our relationship is so good for also is we not only connect as, as human beings, but also we share so much. We do we talk business together, you you know, we encourage each other. I consider you a mentor as much as a friend. And and I, I think that that's we inspire each other and and well, uh, that's and vice versa. I mean, look at the stuff you're doing. I, I love that your website says ready for Rolanda's reinvention retreat because reinvention being the operative word, everyone has had to kind of reinvent themselves during this COVID stuff. And you constantly are reinventing your stuff. I mean, you had a, a you know, a primetime talk show on TV and, and now, now you're, I see you on criminal minds or something. I don't know. CSI. I see you. I was the medical examiner. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. At least you're not a, not a dead body or anything like that. I mean, you've got like a real speaking role and then (laughs) you're doing voiceovers too. That's huge. Voice acting. I'm a voice actor. Um, You know, that we talk about reinvention and I'm also, you know, part of the reinvention is also people have come to me and said, please teach me how to be a voice actor. So I'm voice coaching now also. But it is the one business that is continuing. And, you know, I used to call 411 back when we got information from an operator and they go like, is this Rolanda? (laughs) So I figured, you know, maybe I could do something with this voice. I took a lot of workshops because it's just not easy to have a voice. But um, you have to act. And so I took workshops and 
Now I'm the voice of Boeing. I'm Curious George, Professor Wiseman. I'm on Madagascar, on Legos, uh, Cannon Busters on Netflix, lots of animation. And the voice of Divorce Court and Boeing, Wells Fargo, McDonald's, on and on. It's good when you can get it. It's, it's, it's a good, good when you can, and you can get work it. from no, home. So- We're working from our closets. Uh, yeah, from a closet, right? Yeah, well, come out of the closet, Rolanda. I know. So, time. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's going to make it to your comic act right there. <laughs> by, by, by the way, you got to catch her when she's having it because it's a naughty show. It's a good show. It's a naughty show. Your but whole family was there. I was like, oh no. Yeah, but that's all right. We love you, and it was fun, and it was cool. I, I returned to my, I turned to my wife and said, "Ooh, did she just say that?" She did. <laughs> Poor Tammy. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But hey, let's talk about this voice because I I said voiceover, then you said voice acting, and there is a difference. Talk to me about the difference. I mean, I've done voiceovers, you know, like the new Dodge Ram fifteen hundred. You want it, you need it, so drive it. I mean, I do those. So, but what? Talk to me about voice acting because I I've done a little bit in a children's um, let's see uh, app, but and but I mostly played myself, so it wasn't that tough to do. You know? but, That's a good animation. Yeah. But I was Cowboy Jeff in this, in the Hecates, and Love Hecates Act, which is uh, teaching children in Korea and, and uh, China to speak uh, English. And so I'm this big, huge, over-the-top cowboy. Go figure. I um, love but, it. Yeah, but talk about what's the difference between the acting and the voiceover? Well, you you are trying to sell something, whether it's mm-hmm. that character, whether it's a product, and you have to really get into what the essence of what you're trying to say is, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, let does. me give you a perfect example. And just in terms of business, I do a McDonald's commercial. You know, Ray Kroc has never sold a hamburger. In fact, they're not the best hamburgers in the world, but what McDonald's sells is happiness. Yeah. So they buy the smile in my voice. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy meals, clowns. So when you approach that script or you approach that client's request, you know at the end of the day, whatever character you're playing, I played a mom, um, yeah. whatever, or if you even if you're doing the narration or the voiceover for, you know, you, there's still a a tremendous element of acting in it. You sell happiness. Uh, when when Dennis Haysbert does his beautiful voice, you're you know you're in safe hands with all state. He's not yeah. selling insurance. He's selling assurance that you're going to be okay with us. So that has to come through the voice as much as as um, as anything else. It, the voice is everything. We see a lot of times when when we'll see a person doing something in a commercial, but you'll hear the voice. It's not that actor's voice. It's a voice actor who's come in to put that voice in. So there's a sense of acting, always keeping in mind that you're selling a product and what that what is the essence of that feeling that that uh, business wants you to portray. And you got to get into the spirit of it. I mean, it's just like when I'm doing the Dodge stuff or when I've done others or even my own, the C-suite stuff, I do it with a different kind of voice, you know, uh, than my normal talking, like the new Dodge Ram 15. You know, you, you, I do it like that because they want that sense of manliness or that's I right. guess that's, you know, they tell me to do that. They said, macho it up. Or when I did, I did a, I did the voiceover in a video game, you know, they're taking on fire. They, they asked me to, you know, do it like I was doing my dad, who was a sergeant. I said, Oh, I can do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go get the belt. <laughs> that was my dad, you know, would tell me it, take out the trash, you know, like, boom, I did it. And that was, I did. 
Well, that's a great Meisner technique where you where you find some reality in your own life and emotion and apply it to the scene, whatever it is. It is the most fun job in the world. And I, you know, I play everything from a rocket scientist on Curious George to Mama Hitch, who's a cannibal on <laughs> on cannon busters. And I talk like this and I have a re- real deep voice. You know, so it's a it's just so much fun. And 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 let me tell you something in terms of business and reinvention. You know, Jeff, back in the day when I moved out here and gave up my talk show and the news business in New York and moved to L.A. to start this whole yeah. Hollywood thing, man, we were hit with a strike. Nine months, the the writers, Hollywood writers, staged a strike, longest strike in Hollywood history. And here we were. I went from an internationally syndicated talk show to serving pizza on a picket line for my union members. And I had to think of something else to do. And I knew that it wasn't going to come out there because it was shut down. It had to come from within me. And so I started studying my voice and started taking workshops. And now I'm one of the top voiceover people. You know, I just was remembering on one day I was up for two Emmys, two shows of mine, Judge Joe Brown and Curious George were up for Emmys. And I was the voice on both show. I was like, my body didn't even do that. My voice works more than my body a lot of times. So (laughs) look in yourself and you will probably find incredible gifts that you can turn into opportunities, viable and hopefully profitable opportunities. And now is the time. And listen, if you want to come on and get some voice coaching, I'm here for you. I've got the time. I'm I'm taking off a course. Yeah, I'm doing a course in June. Yeah, we love it. Well, speaking of looking at yourself, let me go look at these uh, advertisers and be right back right after this. <laughs> C-Suite Radio. Hey, we're back live on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I'm bringing you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here live and on C-Suite Radio. Also on C-Suite Radio, Rolanda Watts, our guest today. She is an extraordinary, extraordinary individual doing so much in her life. And she's an actor, author, talk show host, comedian, voice actor, uh, not just a voiceover, an actor, of course, and producer and journalist. And we're so glad to just have her here. You know, you've done so many things, Rolanda, and accomplished so much. And is there anything you still want to accomplish and what would it be? Oh, make enough, make millions of dollars. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, yeah. let's, let's see. You know, I... I think there's another story to be told uh, with my book, Destiny Lingers. My readers um, and the spirit of Dr. Maya Angelou, who endorsed the book, are calling for that. My book is an interracial love story that helps us talk about race and class in this in this country. And while I'm working on the audio book and eventually the screenplay, I want to be a literary Beyonce. Um, I, uh, I think it's also a, a time for important conversations in our nation. And if my art and my gifts can help bring peace uh, and and patient with you know peace without patience maybe, but but to to be able to open dialogue and use my art to be able to do that then then that's that's what I think is important to to concentrate on using my podcast to bring up um, difficult but important conversations uh, in in the in the hope of of more humanity and 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 more peace. So yeah. yeah. Well- Using my gifts, lot, I can. and if I can make some money doing that, that would be nice too. But that would be really good. I well, I love the book. I thought the book was awesome. I kept telling Thank you, you should write me in there as a love interest. You know, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's it's a good it's a good good book. It's a good book, and ironically, that the 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 hero is a cop, but he's a good cop, and so yeah, you know, something. The last the last time somebody said that to me, he ended up being Chase in my book. 
don't mess with me, Jeffrey. You may read about yourself. <laughs> That's all right. I tell everybody, if I wasn't married, you look out. You can tell you that. You know, I can, <laughs> I, that, I'm not trying to be a Matt Lauer moment here. With, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I but, wouldn't but allow you, you to have a Matt Lauer moment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, then, but you, know, love, you know, there's nothing but love for, with, between us. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, but why, you know, like right now, you and I are in L.A. I'm in one part of L.A. You're in the other part as I'm doing some business here, too. And of course, we're kind of all locked down, not just because of COVID, but we're locked down because of curfews and everything else going on. Well, why do you think we're, why do you think we're having so much crap going on right now? Because they're two different Americas, Jeff, you know, you and I, as, as you know, we always look at humanity and say we're more alike than we are unalike, but that's not the real world that, that we live in. Um, There are so many people who live a very different world. And I think that the, the, um, the recent murder of uh, Mr. Floyd, George Floyd, has brought this country, the world, to its knees. The reality is that black people in America live a very different life than white people in America. And you can't do simple things like watch birds in Central Park or sit in your car or, or you know, look at all the things. That, what were people doing? A 20 buck check? You get a knee in your neck? I mean, you know, these are things that are the, 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 the disparaging difference. I mean, it's just so vastly different in terms of economics and health. And between the coronavirus and um, the death of Mr. Floyd, America has been gripped in its own reality. And the truth is that this racism thing has got to be confronted. And, you know, I was encouraging even my white friends who are just as devastated. But it's not enough to remain silent. Silence is violence right now. And even say something, even on your Facebook page, you don't have to get embroiled in the whole thing. You don't have to talk. Just say something about human life. Just yeah. say something oh, yeah. that lets, let, uh, let your friends know that you acknowledge that there is an issue that needs to be dealt with. Well, and it's bullshit. And there is an issue. And, mm-hmm. and there was a great editorial today in the, New York, in the L.A. Times by Dr. Jewish Irving, Dr. J., and he wrote about it. And, and it was such an interesting thing for us. To, let me, I'm a white male to have to confront what I would have said or how I say it or the first thing that comes out of my freaking mouth. Okay, let me be clear. So he said when we were watching the, the news and we saw Floyd with him kneeling on his neck, we're out, white people were outraged. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, but we're, but we're going, oh my God, isn't that terrible? It's terrible. That's kind of what we, we say. That's our first thing. And I think most white people were like that. It's a, oh my God, how could that happen? How can this be? And then he said, but black people are standing up yelling at the freaking uh, thing going, God damn it. There it goes again. There it goes again. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have and different relationships. That's a difference. That's a difference. Well, well, the first thing is we have totally different relationships with the police. When, you know, white yes. people have a total, and, and my white yes. friends are the first to say, oh, I totally know that white privilege. They know that. So I think that what's really important is that we start having an open, honest dialogue with each other and talk about these things. I mean, I have friends who say to me, it is so hard. It's so difficult to have this conversation. I'm so afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I said, well, dare to do that. And dare I said, to say the wrong thing. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to say and the wrong thing. Because, you know, I had one of those conversations this weekend over transgendered individual. And right. I said, I'm going to talk to you, but I'm going to say some stuff that's just totally stupid because I'm trying to do my best. But I'm going to screw up. Will you forgive me 
and know that my heart's in the right place. Just my mouth isn't there yet. <laughs> and so, and, and she said, and she said, yes. And I said, thank you. And so we had a great conversation. You know? Absolutely. The same thing, same well, thing has to happen here. I think sharing our experiences is very, very important. I mean, not, I mean, to, to learn more about what, you know, when we're uncomfortable, that's when we grow. And to learn more about each other's experiences. I hear your story. You hear my story. I've had friends who told me, said, Rolanda, my father would roll over in his grave if he knew we were friends. And I said, you know, I, and then, and, and then she felt so ashamed of saying that. And I said, I love you for that. That didn't upset me. It tells me so much about you. And it says where your heart is and your intention. I had a girlfriend take me in her home down south and show me a Confederate flag. And she said, will you help me burn this? I had no idea what this meant. I had no idea. She said, I can't believe I have this thing. And so we went outside and we had a ritual and I, and I hugged her and I loved her for her honesty. There are so many moments that are pregnant for that right now. So when somebody says something dumb, that's an educable moment to say, "Mm, that's interesting. What makes you kind of think that? Well, let me tell and you. By my the way, when someone when someone does something violent, mm-hmm. you don't talk. You don't just talk about it. We do something about it. We do Unless something got, about it. I, I love you for this, break. Jeffrey. Thank you. All right. Well, let me. I, mean, I got to take a break. I don't want to take a break, but I got to take a break. I'll be right back. C-suite radio. Hey, we're we're live. We're talking about some deep subject. We're talking about things that are just focus right now on society and great things. I get to talk to a great person about it. I'm talking about my very good friend, Rolanda Watts. Rolanda is an actor, uh, talk show host, an author, comedian, voice actor, producer, journalist. She's done so much and just one of my dear friends. And you can, you can see that and you understand that in our conversations, we're live right here on all business with Jeff Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. And of course she has a podcast on C-Suite Radio as well. What do you think is going to be the outcome of all of this? Is it going to change us post-COVID? Is it going to change the society? I think we've had time to be a little bit more reflective. And I think being cooped up has caused us to have a little bit of this violence that's out there where we're just like, whatever way we can fight back against being repressed in any way, shape, or form, whether, you know, being told to wear a mask or being, you know, you can't go out, you can't do that. I think it's all coming to a head now. Yeah, I mean, it, you couldn't have had a, a, a bigger cross storm of, I mean, it's just amazing. Who would have ever thought all of this would happen and at the same time? But the reflection yeah. is very important and keeping focused on what is, you know, what is the main issue here? There, you, you've got so many angry people. People have been cooped up. They've lost their jobs. They're, they're tired. They're tired. They're angry. They're desperate. Um, that doesn't say it's okay to go out and loot and do crazy things and trust oh, and believe there are people all across the board. You know, I don't know what walking out of Louis Vuitton with a bag is going to do for your economic situation, but well, or stealing two bottles of wine. I saw somebody in Santa Monica stealing two bottles of wine out of a CVS. What? I saw somebody stealing a cheesecake out of the cheesecake factory. Now, come on, walking down the street with a cheesecake, Jeffrey, really? I saw that. I, I'm sorry to laugh about it, but I saw that. I'm going, of all the things. There have to be some moments. Yeah. But yeah. also, you know, I refuse to, all the craziness, I refuse to lose focus on the fact that as we're talking about Black Lives Matter, I'm not going to lose focus on on fighting for justice for Mr. Floyd. And I'm not going to forget that 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 so many folks of color are dying of coronavirus. These are issues that we have to deal yeah. with. 
What's going to happen? I think that we're going to not be able to say we don't understand things anymore. I think we're not going to be able to say we didn't notice. We don't. What are you talking about? Racism? You're going to sound so ridiculously stupid if you take that plan. But I think there are little bitty things that we can do that that send a message to the universe and each other and particularly to your black friends. And I'm just going to come out and say it, Jeffrey. It hurts so much when that man yelled out, Mama, I listen, there are two there are two kind of people on this earth, Jeff, women and people who come from women. And when those white mothers stood out there and protected people, and you're going to see heroes come out of this. That 17-year-old little girl who took that picture that resounded around the world, oh my gosh, there are heroes everywhere waiting to come out. So let's yeah. hope for the heroes in all of this. Well, and, well let's and make them. Let's make them the hero come factor. Up. Man, that, this, you're, you're about to see some real heroism come out of this because it has to out of the ashes and crap makes gardens grow. So I'm one of those, I'm not Pollyanna, but I do believe in people mm-hmm. and I don't give up on them. And I think this is going to be a, a marvelous time for change. And I think there has to be change. And I think that, um, that the dialogues are going to open and any yeah. way that you can reach out, say something on your Facebook page. You don't have to get into the political debate, but let people know that you are humane and that you do care because Anything human can't be alien to you if you're human. Yeah, there it, there was so many of this, especially this weekend, and this is going to put some time frame around it, but to, to watch people lay on the ground and protest for nine minutes and just say, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You can't, people, you can't let that go. You can't let that go. I don't give a crap what you're, your red state, blue state, green state. I don't give a crap. I don't care. Republican, Democrat. I don't care whether you support Trump, hate Trump. This is bullshit. And this is, it's time for us to stand up and do something. I want to end this thing with a, with a real positive note. You know, one of my staffers recently mentioned that Maya Angela was the only speakers that she's ever heard that's made her cry. And I know that you had a close relationship with her. What story stands out the most to you? that captured who she was? Mm. You know, she, she, you know, I often think, what would she say at this time? And she was very much about, I am human. And therefore nothing human can be alien to me. And she always encouraged all of us in the village, as she called it, to be a rainbow in somebody's cloud. To always try to be a rainbow in somebody's cloud. And now is a wonderful opportunity, whether it's voting or legislation or protesting peacefully or writing an essay or praying or whatever it is you do, be a rainbow in this cloud that we're in. And I think she would say that. And and you know something on, on Rolanda On Demand, you can go and listen to Dr. Maya Angelou. One of my last interviews I did, I'll repost that. When I spoke with her, she spoke out about the Trayvon Martin. And basically what she said is don't stay silent. She was a, you know, she was many things. She encouraged me to be many things and civil rights activist was one of them. And she, her main thing is if, if you see something, say something and do not be quiet. Do not be quiet. No, 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 no. You will not yeah. treat us that way. Yeah. Black or white. I think about, if I were in that same situation of him, I wouldn't have been, I'm thinking about uh, George right now. I would not have been as peaceful when they put the cuffs on me. Let me tell you. They would, would have never have, treated you that way, Jeffrey. And you, yeah, and you, that's what, you know what? Yeah, to some extent, I totally agree with that. A hundred and 150%. 
And that's a good point. Again, it's a great point. It's not your experience. It's just not your experience. Yeah. Well, I would, I, well, that's true. And you know, some, and because of that, Jeffrey, that's why so many people have said, "Oh, that guy must have done something." You know, when people, when this was happening, no, but they got the. I mean, it. that's the other thing. When you I hear think about it, now, you would think you would never dream this until that little girl took that video. This yes. would no, nothing would have ever happened. That guy sitting yeah. with his hands in his pockets. You know, you know that stand. That stand says, "Job well done." This is the way we do things around here. Yeah, I got you under my. I got you under my thumb. I got that's you right, under, under my knee. <laughs> I was no doubt about it. And the look and the feel. And I love the fact that the videos come out that said, well, he was resisting. Oh, oh he was. No, he wasn't. The old look resistance at the story. Look at the video. That's and right. I think that's going to, I think it's going to help the police to do a better job of themselves of not giving a story right off the bat. That's right. And I think it's a wake-up call for truth. And it's a wake-up call for, you know, again, stories. Because I'm sure that was the story rather than the story isn't always the truth and and the truth will always hopefully prevail and that's what i think is going to be cool about all this i listen i i, I wasn't sure where this whole interview was going to go with you because there's so <laughs> many facets of where we could go in terms of um just everywhere and here we have i just think it's two great people having a good conversation mm-hmm. and well that's what we do and i love yeah. it, that we go there there's nothing we can't talk about. We go yeah. there. And, and that's, and that kind of, t- and here's another thing, Jeffrey, too. I, you know, I, I have this um, other podcast on how to talk about race in, in America. And I spoke with Dr. David Comp, and it's a, it's a wonderful uh, uh, bro- uh, podcast because it, it encourages us, it gives us tools on how to talk in an uncomfortable situation, because a lot of this is going to have to stop as we, as we battle racism. It's going to have to start at our dinner tables. You know, yeah. everybody has that person in the family who always says something crazy. Yeah, he's the guy, that's always the first one to say, hey, pull my finger. You know, right. <laughs> that, that uncle. Yeah, that's right. the one. We're going to have to not tolerate that kind of stuff anymore. And it's what we teach our kids. You know, I have friends who ask me to listen to their kids' rap music. And in the kids' rap music, they're using the N-word. And I'm like, I, okay, I can't condone that. But right. yet I don't see anything on their Facebook pages that say anything about George Floyd. So if you love the culture, love the people too is what I'm saying too. So we're learning all different ways to, to communicate and uh, and I think it's that on that level, it, it's it's an exciting time to be able to to um, help with the dialogue. But I I would like to see more whites speak with each other about racism yes. and about issues. We know the story. Now, please, I, we don't need another story. Yeah, you. <laughs> but to yeah, talk with each another, other, you don't need another example. You're right. right? But whites need yeah. to talk with each other about the, the the big elephant in the room. Sit that elephant at the table. Talk about its characteristics and all of its relevancy. And and let's 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 roll up our sleeves. Yeah, and have but some it, it can't just be. Well, I think the white white people have to recognize it, and then the conversation has to happen across the fence, mm-hmm. so so that we're all talking about it. Because if sure. we don't all talk about it, you know, it's like me saying to, I would have reacted differently. Well, you said, and then you had to, you pointed out very very clearly. Hey, hey, Jeff, all due respect, you know. <laughs> You wouldn't be in that ever, situation. Ever. They would yeah. say, Mr. You would never, we wouldn't even be in handcuffs. And if they took you in, they probably wouldn't put you in handcuffs. You know, you know, if they took you no, in, no. you know, it's a yeah. different experience. And yeah, I know. So, and I also say to, to people of color, when, when, when something is said that, that you're like, what? Calm down. It's a moment to communicate 
let's don't aggravate, you know, let's, let's, let's calm down and just use it as an educating moment, an educable moment. Let me just share my experience where I'm coming from here. Let me ask you about your experience. Let's exchange some stories, but to take it from, um, uh, you know, just, I think we just need to be open on both sides. I think that we need to be able to, 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 to not remain silent and to not feel that we're going to get knee jerk reactions when we open our mouths. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways to be able to communicate. Yeah, we have to do but, a little bit but, more. But, Thank but you people too. are angry. I mean, let's, let's yeah. face it. People are very, very angry. Well, and I think it's important for us to do a little bit more thinking uh, rather than just saying something right off the bat like what are those looters doing like why are they doing it and thugs you know it was interesting i had a great conversation with a friend of mine the other day it was like those thugs those and i said just out of curiosity it's just just awareness thing when you say thug what do you see yeah and he was like don't make it about race i said i didn't say anything about race but you just told me what you saw but then i said well when i see thug i see you know Maybe I see the, the, the big, you know, the, the big Italian guy. Is that racist? You know, so it's these conversations that we have to have that are interesting on both sides because all of us right. have the ism. It's part of the fabric of our nation. Yeah, and it's, it's like saying, in our system. well, I saw, it's like saying I saw a black man rather than saying I saw a man. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Or I saw a, and I, I saw an Asian woman, you know, right. rather than just saying I saw a woman carrying a cheesecake. You know, right. I'm in the news business and I can remember times when if if they didn't say what color he was, he was white. You just knew it (laughs) when you're reading the times or something. Man goes to otherwise it'd be black man, white man. (laughs) Yeah, right. 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 Uh, That's good. It's nuts. We need more hugs. I know. We need more hugs, but, like but that's part of the problem. We can't hug anybody right now. <laughs> that's an issue. We can't even do that, you know? Virtual hugs. Well, this yeah. has been a big, this, this conversation, Jeffrey, has been the biggest hug you could give me. This is the wow. best hug that you could give me and, and a chance to really express myself. And I'm angry. I'll trust and believe I'm angry. But to be able to have this kind of conversation gives me so much hope that yeah. there is, you know, that there are heroes out there. The hero factor, man. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Even in our own town of Sioux Falls, last night we had a, we had a great protest. I watched it live from us here in L.A. I got here to L.A. Uh, off my flight, and I wanted to know what was going on. So I watched it live, which was amazing. And uh, it, was, it was fabulous. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, later, later in the day, Little people got rambunctious. People started throwing rocks. They bust into a thing. And it was all these young teenagers, you know? Right. You know it wasn't uh, those protesters. No, yeah. it wasn't the protest because they were, they were hugging each other. They were, they were, it was a peaceful thing. And then these hooligans, and that's what I'm going to call them, hooligans, and they're all going to get their butts kicked with their parents when they find out because the mayor even came on and says, I even know some of you kids. I saw your <laughs> shirt. And, and, and somebody said, well, it was these people that were bust in. No, it wasn't. They're wearing Washington High, Lincoln High, or Gorman T-shirts, which are the local, you know, high schools. Those are a lot and looting with the with the license plate showing things like that. But that you know something that, like I said, people have been cooped up. They're angry. They don't have their jobs. They're running out of money, and it, there's this angry feeling. I mean, classism is as big an issue in this nation as racism. And some people feel disenfranchised. And you saw looters of all different kinds of colors running in there. 
uh, running out with whatever they could get. And it's, it, and who's ever seen anything like this? And I feel so sorry for the business owners who were just about to open up business here in California and then got slammed with the, with the looting. Um, then you hear, have so many people who are saying, let me tell you something. Um, you know, you can rebuild a building. You can reorder your merchandise. You can't bring back George Floyd and all the 50 million other lives have been lost in the same kind of fashion. So it's, um, it's a, it's a conversation. I tell you what, in terms of businesses, you know, in target all 135 stores across the country shut down. I was in home Depot. They were trying to close the store afraid looters were going to come in. It's just crazy. But I am also proud of the businesses like Netflix, which I'm proud to be on Netflix. Look up some of my movies <laughs> and animation. But yeah. um, I'm proud to be on Netflix. It came out and said, we will not stand by any kind of racism. Now, you know, that meant a lot. That means a lot when businesses come out and take a stand. So just like, you know, businesses were coming out for coronavirus, come out for this virus, too which is killing people in America in droves and nothing's ever done. And now we see it in Technicolor. And now it's time to get our hands out our pockets and roll up our sleeves. And it's more than just a black and white issue. All isms. I don't care what the ism is. Racism, you know. Sexism, ageism. All of them. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just, I mean, I look at my own background, how I grew up, the way I grew up and, and I grew up in mostly Georgia, and I know what that was like. I remember getting bust when I was six years old, you know, out of first grade. All of a sudden, I was going to one school. No, now I'm going to that school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a totally different colored school. It was a different color altogether. You know what I'm saying? It, and it was different. It was unique. And uh, But, you know, to me, it was just like, okay, we're still all friends. We're all here. So it's just amazing. It's amazing. We yeah, just got to stop it. I know. I can remember I was the only black in my all girls high school for four years. And I can remember we had a dance is back in the seventies at a country club. And I couldn't, I was, they wouldn't, they said I couldn't go because they didn't allow blacks and Jews. And all of my girlfriends, I'll never forget this. I was like 16 or 17. All of my girlfriends stood up for me and their fathers were like big attorneys at RJ Reynolds company and all. And they stood up for me and they said, if Rolanda can't go, we're not going. And that one moment shaped our lives so much. That was back in 1976, you know, when women mm-hmm. were expressing themselves. And we had our reunion, like 40-year reunion or something crazy. And we sat cross-legged like little girls, and we talked about that moment and how much that moment shaped all of our lives. And, and it meant so much to their parents that they had stood up to. And these, these were kids of the chief councils. But how much that shaped our lives and what that meant for me. Um, to have that kind of heroism in my life from my friends. And I would encourage you, don't be shy to support a good cause, to say that you're against something, to lift your voice, because silence is not the way to go right now. And um, and and I think that uh, you can lift your voice with peace, not patience, but peace. Yeah, my patience has is, is run out on this issue as well as it should. But I could go on and talk with you forever. And we're, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna come back to this issue because it, it's not gonna go away. And we should do a bigger piece on this. And let's you and I work on that and figure out how we get that done, and we'll make I it happen. I would love to. I would love to, Jeffrey. Now is the time, and I know that we can make a huge difference. And we've got good heroes around us. And the hero factor. I keep saying yeah, that. now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
At the end of every show, I'd like to talk about what I learned. I love this conversation. We're going to do more of this. It's just great to have an open dialogue and to, I think, what I learned uh, the most was a couple of things. One, first of all, look at yourself. Look inside. Look inside of yourself. And, and what is it you see? Confront the demons. Confront the things that, that are that are really, you know, making you do what you do and how you do it. I thought that was great. I also love the second statement. She said, crap makes gardens grow. I thought that was good. You need to go through a little crap in order to grow. That's the way. No pain, no gain, so to speak. And then, you know, that thing from my angel, be a rainbow in somebody else's life. I don't know. I think that's an important thing for us to all remember right now is how can we be a rainbow uh, in someone's life? And, I, I, you know, I try to do my best there, too. And I could do better. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Don't forget, tell your friends. Thank you. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.